everyone, and welcome to another episode of Journeys, a podcast aimed at giving trans people a chance to tell their story and give representation to those who need it. My name is Haley. Today we're joined by Kathy. Uh, let's start with the pronouns. What pronouns would you like to go by? She, her is fine. Okay, sounds great. Um, so Kathy, would you like to uh, introduce yourself a little bit and, you know, we'll get started. So I'm Kathy, and I'm probably not like some of your other guests you've had on so far. That's and very that, true. Um, first of all, I'm older in my late 50s. I have a wife and uh, two kids. Okay. Um, full-time job. Um, also seriously involved in the town that I live in. Um, I have a very prestigious position within the town. Um, and though I've been transgendered all my life, um, the possibility that I would do hormones or transition is probably very remote at this point. Okay. And that, that separates you from a lot of my guests as well because you have decided not to transition. Uh, it's still up in the air, but I mean, okay. the reality of the situation is at my age and status in life and, and financial and, and having a loving wife and two children, um, it may be a lot more difficult than someone who's young um, and can handle a little better. I also have some health issues as well that probably wouldn't help matters any. Okay. Uh, so um, that's a little brief cursory introduction. Do you want to like uh, start at the beginning, like when you first uh, sure. noticed it and kind of your journey? Yeah. So, I mean, I started, God, when I was you know, three or four years old. That seems to be like the age, like three you or know, so. Um, and I just realized that I wasn't like all the other boys, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I definitely wanted to be uh, one of the girls. Mm-hmm. And I felt I should have been a girl. Yeah. Um, from a very early age, I would try on my mother's things, and you know, I would much rather prefer to be around the girls than around the boys. Yeah. But through school and stuff, uh, you know, girls don't really want to be with the boys, and boys don't really want to be with the girls until a certain age. It's <laughs> true. It's very true. You know, so, so you know, I did kind. Of, I just kind of didn't fit in. I tried to fit in as best I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely wasn't happy. Okay. Um, high school was tough. Yes. I mean, I went to a Catholic high school and all the girls were dressed a certain way and all the boys were dressed a certain way. Um, and this was before the internet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, way before the internet. So, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you saw very little about anybody who was transgendered or even cross-dressing or any, you know, even when I was younger, gay meant being happy. It did not mean what it means today. Yeah. Um, things have changed, you know, um, and things have changed for the better, despite the issues that have been going on recently with the Trump administration and things of that nature. I mean, the people um, today have a lot more um, options out there than I did when I was growing up. I do agree. That's that's a that's a good perspective. Um, it's good to keep perspective because, like, if I was born 50 years ago, I might have been beaten or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I was always... I mean, you could still... Today, Obviously, yeah, trans still people still have to worry about that. That's, yeah. you know, one of the, the, the things. But, I mean, today... For the most part, you can probably survive. Whereas back when I was 18 years old, yeah, um, being a trans person, nobody even knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. But coming out, so you know, back uh, I remember when Christine George came out and the Renee Richards, um, you know, that was a big thing. And you know, back then we had newspapers, and that was really the only that and three, six, and ten were the only around here, the only local. Channel. So, I mean, you know, that was like the coverage. And the first time I heard that somebody had transitioned, I 
kind of like blew my mind. Yeah. I was probably about 16 or 17 at the time. Do you mind if I ask what year that was? Like what? 1977, 78. Okay. I think they came out maybe a little earlier, but by the time, you know, those things weren't discussed at the dining room table or in the yeah. kitchen table. Yeah. You know, I came from a very traditional family, mother, father, myself, and, and uh, one sibling. Okay. You know, um, we grew up in a typical suburban neighborhood in this area and, and uh, you know, Everybody looked the same, and everybody did the same thing, and yeah, <laughs> those things didn't exist. Like the nuclear family type thing. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's when I, you know, and then as I got older, um, you know, um, I started to get some of my own clothes, and, you know, went through that continuing purge and buy some new stuff, purge and buy some new stuff. Yeah, that um, seems to be like a general... Uh, I didn't exactly purge. There was times where I didn't, but like um, one of my other guests actually mentioned purging herself and stuff like that, and like getting rid of everything. I think that you know people don't generally understand that concept either. Like what it, like why you even have to purge. What, what was it? What was it that kept making you purge? I just the you know I, I shouldn't be doing this. I, I, I you know this isn't right. You know mm -hmm. um, I'm a freak, and, and the only way to stop is you know to get rid of everything and forget about. It. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. Um, and you try to do that for so long, but though I've never been an alcoholic or a drug addict, you know, on the road to recovery or anything like that, my guess is it's, you know, very similar to that. Mm -hmm. um, physically, not as extensive, you know, the damage, but emotionally, probably extremely, you know. For sure. Frustrating and damaging along the lines. Yeah, mentally, mostly. Mentally, yeah. yeah. Where you're just kind of and beating you look yourself and up. You see, in my case, a guy, and that's not what you want to see. Yeah. Um, and it really gets to be difficult at times. Okay. Um, again, because of all that, you know, my social skills are lacking. Okay. For, for the for a better 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 part of a word, I mean, you know, I didn't really socialize with a lot of people. You kept to yourself. Kept to myself a lot, you know. And again, even when I did, I didn't fit in. Is that because you you were worried about being yourself around other people or Yeah, I mean the shame? last thing I wanted was for anybody to find out that I had this secret. Yeah. And you know, if I, you know, even said something about nail polish or makeup, you know, you would what guy at eighteen years old knows anything about nail polish and makeup, you know, mm -hmm. so you always worried about what you would slip up and say or the mm -hmm. way you would act. Not that I had the mannerisms of necessarily of a female. Yeah. But, I mean, you know. And from a female you know, from the Dealing with women, you know, same thing. You know, all guys want to get in women's pants, but I wanted to wear women's pants, so, you know. Yeah, you wanted to get in them in a different yeah, sense exactly. of word. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I wasn't so much interested in dating them as... As being as, them. As being them. Yeah. Know? And people don't understand it. So yeah, people, people don't understand, understand it. it. Um, how old were you when you first uh, started purchasing uh, oh, women's clothing probably, and stuff? The first time I actually purchased something, I was 16. I walked to the mall. Okay. And it was the middle of a hot, very hot summer's day. It was about, from my house, it was about a three and a half mile walk. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is like one of those, I walked uphill in a snowstorm yeah, kind much, of stories. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Yep. Yes. And the first thing I ever bought was a pair of tights and leotards. Okay. Which back then in the mid-70s was the thing, you know, and I was just thrilled. Okay. I mean, it was like the greatest thing in the world. So you didn't get any, like, looks or anything when you bought them, or? If that, you know, I probably did, but, you know, I just ran in there and, and bought them and, and ran out. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and did that many times, you know. Yes. Um, you know, so, I mean, 
Yeah, I'm sure some people looked at me, you know. I, you know, as I got older, I made sure I, I, when I, once I could drive, if I needed to get something, it was easier to, you know, drive out of the area. Mm-hmm. But even then, you, you never know. Yeah. Who's going to make comments. Yeah. Um, did you, uh, what was the first time that you actually went out, you know, as yourself? Well, back, again, back in the early mid-80s, um, there was a group called Renaissance. Okay. Which I think still around. I think there's one chapter still left up in Pennsylvania, but there was one down by the shore, and I went to a couple meetings there. Okay. And that's probably the first time um, that I actually went out. Even that was a, a strange situation. You know, there were there were, there were cross dressers, there were transgender people. Some people brought their wives. Mm-hmm. But even there, I didn't really want to spend time with the members of the Renaissance. I'd much rather spend time with the wives. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, you you felt a, more of a draw to uh, cis women than you did. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, what do you think was it that was keeping you from connecting to other uh, trans people or crossdressers or anything like that? Again, it was a you know it was early you know it was early eighties. Okay. And, you know uh, a lot of people came and, and got dressed there. Uh huh. Um, I did then for a couple of times I, I got dressed at a hotel and came over. Okay. Um, but uh, it was definitely a, uh, you know, kind of like a strange situation. You had people dressed in all different ways. And, again, it was the early 80s. And I would found out about Renaissance, again, through the paper. There had been an article or something like that. Okay. But it wasn't a question of going online. Yeah, yeah. And you looking something up. You couldn't look anything like that up. Okay. Um, do you think that that uh, part of it was, like, your own, like, stigma? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that's part of it as well. Yeah. I mean, you, you, when when you're you know dressed uh, like I was, you definitely think everybody in the world notices you. Oh yeah, whether they sure. do or they don't. For sure, definitely. So I, I really haven't gone out a lot, a lot in my life dressed. Okay. A few times there. Then I got married. Then I got divorced. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know. Um, well, sometimes sometimes it's either a sorry or a congratulations. Yeah, it sometimes it's probably congratulations. I mean, okay. At the end of the day, I probably really just didn't love her, and and that had a lot to do with it. Being transgendered also had some things to do with it. Okay. Okay. Uh, did did she know? Yes. She okay. did know uh, at the end. Um, I'm sure that was part of it as well. Okay. And was it was it ultimately her decision or? No, it was ultimately my decision. I just left one day. Okay. When they found out she was having an affair. Oh. Oh, wow. And so I just said, that's it. It's understandable. Um, but then I wound up uh, meeting my present wife who we've been married to for 25 plus years congratulations and, and uh you know got married bought a house had kids okay and during that time were you still expressing yourself or no not really no occasionally i buy something here and there but uh, with my kids and stuff it was it, it was difficult and uh, really led me to a bad place um because as time went on you know i i worked first of all i worked um i worked night and day um and, and uh became very successful um, I also am very active in the town I live in. One time I was a volunteer fireman. Okay. And then from there I went into the political world and uh, run the town these days. So. Gotcha. Um, you know, I was rarely home. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as I kept busy, I did better. You know, I mean, I didn't think you'd be out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Yeah. The only problem was is that I was miserable most of the time. Yeah, that's that's the that's the one drawback. Like, yeah, it's out of sight, but like, it's still that mental, you know, anguish that's right. really messing with you in the back of your head. And and you know, I would get very moody. I surprised my wife put up with me all the years she did, and uh, 
would stop talking and, and you know, would get very upset. She went somewhere for the day, you know. And my, my reasoning at that point was, well, you know, was I'm going to work and you're going to play and this isn't fun. Gotcha, yeah. So. Um, has, uh, in terms of the, the relationship with your wife, has there been, because um, I know before I was, before I was out, uh, I had a relationship with uh, a woman that did know, and I was I got kind of jealous every once in a while of you know her just being able to be a woman. Yeah, I guess there was probably jealousy involved as well. I mean, I would go you know once you went clothes shopping and, and I could pick out nice outfits for her. Yeah, but I couldn't wear them. Yeah, you know? and uh, again she she's very traditional. You know, she was raised up in a family and you know mother and father and one of one of bunch of kids and you know mm -hmm. married somebody who you know she's in love with and i'm in love with her but you know she didn't see this coming you know okay. so she got a real deal as part of it <laughs> okay I, well i don't think it's a real deal um well, it is a, it is a real deal in some respects it really is you know yeah i mean uh when how long were you two dating before you got married we were probably only dating six months before we got engaged and another six months we were married okay um, I got divorced, engaged several months later. Okay. Um, married several months after that. Bought a house several months after that. Okay. And my wife got pregnant a um, month or two after that. So 14, 15 months into marriage, you know, uh, we, we had a child. Okay. And uh, how how many months into the marriage did she find out about, about Kathy? She only found out about Kathy about four years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, because things... I just kept getting worse and worse and worse, and I would argue more and more and, and be moody more and more, and had a big, big blow up one weekend. And the next, the next Monday, um, or that Monday at work, I was seriously going to kill myself. Okay. And I started to get up at my desk and was going to walk out and uh, walk in front of a truck. Okay. And uh, something stopped me, and I turned around and went back. And that night when I got home. Um, it was on the news that Robin Williams had, had committed suicide. Oh, God. And What a day. That just blew, blew my mind. And, and I realized that if someone like that could have committed suicide, you know, how long would it be before I did? Okay. I mean, somebody who's famous and has a lot of money and you would think has the world at their feet. Yeah. You know. Um, but the mental problems that people deal with get hidden very well mm -hmm. until they don't. Yep. And they affect a lot of people. Yeah. Point in case you. Point in case Point in me. Case Robin Williams. Point, Point in case, case me. Yeah. And they affect the people around them. Yeah. Uh, Robin Williams' wife, my wife, uh, my children, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so at that point, I went in the next day and I started to look for a therapist. Okay. Um, and didn't know really what I was looking for. I was looking for a therapist in the area and, and I found the same therapist you use. Yep. Um, Guy, I, Carla's all over this podcast. <laughs> A lot of connections, but I mean, I just went online and, and I'm looking for a therapist, and, and I and uh, I see that, that they handle uh, transgender people. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I called and I got an appointment like a week later. Okay. Um, and ultimately, I talked to Carla, and then after that, I started to talk to my wife. Um, she didn't understand it. Okay. Yeah. You know, she just didn't understand what the, what the light we had. Why did I feel this way? And maybe I should get over it. And, oh, okay. Um, and it was difficult for her, um, definitely hard. And for someone who's cisgendered, 
They're not. They don't understand. Don't, you know, yeah. They're never gonna understand. They can try to understand, and I get it. But you know, um, if you grow up as a, as a, a female, you never think twice about. Most people never think twice about being anything other than female. Yeah. Never enters their mind. Same with males. Most males never think anything about other than being a male. Yeah. It's like we get asked, like, well, how did you, like, when did you decide that you were a woman, or when did you decide you were a man? It's like you don't ask a cisgender person that. You don't ask, oh, when did the cisgender person decide that they were a male? Right. They just got to be male. Yeah. And that's the same thing with us. Yeah. You know, I always was a female in a lot of respects. But, yeah. But I don't look it. And, you know, I tried to act the male part. I still try to act the male part. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's difficult. And it's much easier for me, at least, to be, you know, in a skirt and heels and... I see nothing wrong with it. I mean, that's the part that's hard for people who aren't transgender to understand. You know, if you're a transgender male, you want to be with short hair and uh, a pair of jeans and work boots. And if you're a a female, you want to have, you know, the ability to have longer hair and the ability to wear dresses if you choose to or if you choose not to be. You're not Um, wrong. And uh, that's hard for people to understand how comfortable I can be. Yeah, I, it's almost like it's like cis privilege to not have to consider these things because it's such a it's it's such an everyday thing for them to just put on a dress or you know wear a short skirt or wear whatever they want, put on makeup, and for us it can be few and far between, and it's so like especially if you don't do it very often, it can be so special and so uplifting when you do, and it means the world. People, cisgender people don't generally understand that. No, to most women, you know, putting on makeup's a chore. Yeah, exactly. And I get it, um, you know, I understand it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is, hard, you know, definitely for a guy to understand that, you know, mm-hmm. nobody, you know, but I do, I understand it, you know. Absolutely. Um, and, it, and it's tough being a woman, you know, looks and, and uh, how, you, how you present yourself is definitely more scrutinized than, the, than as a man. Oh, for sure. Um, and opportunities, you know, for a man are there that aren't there for a woman. I agree. It's definitely not equal. For sure. Uh, so, you know, once um, I had my meeting with Carla and stuff, and then she invited me to a group, and then, you know, I bought my first uh, first outfit. Um, I had sent to the house, my wife understood, and I got dressed, and, and uh, she was shocked. <laughs> okay. I don't want to say the least. Did she did she find you or did she, no did no you she knew her? she knew the stuff came I didn't show, you know, okay. I showed, and she was trying she still she tries to be a, a you know respectful and she tries to you know try to make this work um, but the look on her face you could tell that you know she she was shocked that I was so proud that I had bought these clothes and put them on gotcha um, but as you know so you know nowadays you know we will go clothes shopping together. I have my clothes, she has her clothes, she steals my clothes, I steal her clothes. But, you know, uh, one of my children still is at home. Okay. Um, and my wife's not thrilled when I get dressed at home. Okay. But I really don't go out dressed. How old is uh, your child? Uh, I have one that's 20 and one's 25. Ah, uh, okay. So. And which one's living at home? The The 20-year-old's still going, going to college. Okay. The 25-year-old's uh, out and about at this point. Gotcha. And neither of them know. They don't know. Like, I've never told them. Uh-huh. Kids are pretty smart, though, so my guess is they would have some inclination that something's, you know, different. Yeah. But, you know, kids are smart. I mean, people people don't give kids a lot of credit. And, and, I, and, and I remember when I was a kid, <laughs> a lot more than my parents realized. And 
you know, my kids know a lot more than I realize. Yeah. Um, what their opinion would be, I don't know. Okay. Um, again, they saw a father who was uh, straight-laced, who got up and went to work every morning, who, you know, was active in town, you mm-hmm. know, um, provided for his family, a typical father role. Not that I was bigoted or critical or discriminatory against trans people or gay people, you know, none yeah. of that. But... I also wasn't, you know, at sitting at the dinner table saying, hey, who knows who a trans person is today? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, so, I mean, I would think it would take them by surprise completely. Okay. You know, on that respect. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not something that's just the general, general right. tone of a, of a conversation. No, I mean, kids today are, the vast majority of kids today are much more accepting. Yeah. Um, they know transgender people. They know... Gay people, lesbian people, mm-hmm. they know all kinds of people. They know what goes on in the world. They have the internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they grew up with it. <laughs> they grew up with it. You know, they can look things up on their phone faster, and I can even type my <laughs> password into my phone. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. um, but I think, you know, uh, uh, so I think as a whole, they're more accepting. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely the older generation that I'm from that is the ones that put Trump in the White House and are resistant it's the, the electoral Wallace. college too. Like you know. generally, like I, from what I remember, the voters really voted for. Well, they did. Yeah, but I the mean, electoral college has been there for two hundred years, and they're yeah. always saying they're going to get rid of it. And the reality is, to get rid of it, the people who favors nowadays wouldn't want to get rid of it. And, and politics has become very, uh, very one issue. And, and if if you see things my way, I vote for you. No matter what, what else. What else you stand for? It never used to be that way. Things have really changed in the political world. Yeah, uh, which you mentioned that you're you're active in. I'm active in it pretty okay. much. So okay. Um, in what ways uh, are have you gotten? Have you become active at all in any kind of or any opportunity to become active in any trans issues, like even low key, or do they just not really come they up? They don't really come up. Okay. Um, you know. T- all the small towns in, around here are small towns. Yeah. You know, um, the issues are, you know, picking up trash, clearing the snow, fixing the streets, you know, recreational programs, things of that nature. Okay. Taxes. Gotcha, <laughs> yeah. Um, occasionally, you know, some, some some issues like this would come up. Okay. But I mean, you know, we don't discriminate. Um, we would never think of discriminating. Yeah. But they really just don't come up. I mean, some of the, you know, a couple of towns cater to that to those individuals, like Collinswood is as a very large uh, gay, lesbian, and transgender community. Okay. You know, Woodbury um, also is trying to okay. get a community together, but there's not that many of us out there that every community can be a gay and lesbian, transgender community. Yeah. Um, it's great because, especially from the people who are gay and lesbians, they typically have a lot of money. Yeah. No, no kids does that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, you know, if you don't, if you don't have kids, you have money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they're able to invest in the community, which, you know, makes it a better community. Okay. Um, but uh, it's, you know, there's not that many amount that every community is going to have a large share of transgendered individuals. Yeah. In terms of, uh, in terms of your kids, any plans ever of telling them or are you just going to kind of take this... Uh, yeah. I think taking it one day at a time. Okay. Um, you know, like I said, I've never really been out. Uh, my wife, you know, definitely wouldn't approve of that. And okay. she definitely wouldn't approve of, the, of telling the kids. Okay. Does that mean someday it may happen? Yeah, I don't know. 
you know, obviously if I were to start taking hormones, which again is highly unlikely, at that point it doesn't take long before you probably do have to start to tell some people. Yeah, it um, does end up happening. I'm older, so obviously it would take much longer, but the effects still start to take hold. Yeah, it's almost like an inevitability. Once you just make that decision to start taking those hormones, you're like, well, at some point I'm going to have to tell and people. And it's, it's, it's tough because for uh, trans women taking them, there's you can stop, but you can't necessarily go back. Yeah. Whereas trans men, they can stop, and if they haven't had any surgery or anything, they pretty much go back to the way they were. Yeah. <clears throat> so it becomes, because again, I consider that, well, we should try them, but trying them, isn't so simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like lasting effects and stuff like that. Like um, if you develop any breast tissue and stuff like right. that, that stays. Like right. there's no going back from that. So no hormones, probably not telling your kids. How does that, like what does that, how does that affect you mentally? Like how do you, how do you kind of like get through, because I, I was in a place at one point where I, I decided I wasn't going to transition, but I was doing that for, for a prospect of a life with somebody else. Um but once I, I kind of lost that person, I kind of lost that inhibition. And, you know, I was in a dark place as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I realized that I needed to really do something about it. And I decided to transition. But, like, how does... I mean, there are some times when it's, it's bad. Yeah. And it really gets crushingly bad. A lot of times it isn't. Mm-hmm. Again, I work between that and, and my political life. I, I, I'm not home very often. So okay. I, if I don't have a lot of free time, it doesn't... Uh, it doesn't it's not as bad because I don't have enough time to think about it. Okay. Um, I continue to go to therapy, and I think that's that's one of the keys. Um, and then I have made changes. I, I, I shave uh, all my legs and, and my arms and my chest, and that used to bother, bother me very, very much when, when I would look in the mirror and see all this hair on my arms and, and on my legs and stuff. So I do that. You know, um, I sit down to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I wear uh, women's pajamas to bed but not nightgowns like shorts and, and you know okay. they're they're more neutral colors it's not pink with uh you know hearts or you know things like that on it yeah um but things like that do help okay it's little things like that that i try to do to you know get involved now sometimes i go to group but not too often anymore it's sometimes difficult yeah. all the hours i work and stuff like that yeah um but so you know sometimes I do things like that. I listen to some podcasts, some of your competitors. Okay. <laughs> what are they doing different? I need to know. I need to get more subscribers. There you go. They've been doing it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping to get more subscribers. You know, um, and, and they're well known within the trans community. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I actually found out about podcasts. So, you know. Okay. I'm an old person. So, you know, this, this is kind of new to me, this podcast. Gotcha. Yeah. It's like, it, it's like radio, but like it's newer. And the other thing that, that has happened and, and has started to happen, I think, is because I'm a little bit more comfortable in my skin and stuff like that. Um, I do some things different. Like now, like I wear some fancy socks, which I'm not. Like I was straight-laced and I would never do that. And you saw how I came in. Obviously, I came right from work and yeah. where I work, these kind of things, the ownership's very tolerable, but everybody else would not be. Okay. So, you know... Uh, Transitioning on the job may be extremely difficult. It's a pretty good, well-paying job, and at my age, uh, they're not too easy to come by once you lose a job. Yeah, when you get to be late fifties, early sixties, you know, once you lose a job like that, it's very difficult to uh, find a replacement. Okay, um, most people like that struggle. So, uh, you know, transitioning on the job would definitely be a problem. Yeah, um, and I still need money. Yeah, 
Um, and even then, that the, the podcast that I um, talk, was talking about, you know, uh, one of the people is very uh, active in the trans community, mm -hmm. um, transitioned, I think, 25 or 30 years ago, wrote a couple books. Okay. Um, and uh, it was on one of her podcasts. She was talking about the difficulty trans people have with employment, that they're either seriously underemployed or, or unemployed. Mm -hmm. um, and that she's known quite a few people who are in high-level positions and transitioned and one day just got called in HR and said, here's a big check, sign this, you're out. Jeez. And, you know, that's the way it works in private business, too. You know, it's not that simple to, they can make up reasons to get rid of you. Yeah. You know, so they, they buy you off, and, but then you can't replace that income. Yeah, there's no way. You know, so then you become underemployed, which is difficult. Gotcha. Do you ever feel uh, like obviously not transitioning is you know a valid, valid? But do you do you feel like if if all the other obstacles were, were removed, would you would you go through with it? Yeah, if that was the case, I would. I mean, if all the obstacles were removed, you know. But I also have visions that I would be homeless, you know, sleeping in the gutter. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, and you know, I'm doing pretty well for myself, and and you know, I'm a few years away from retirement. So, I mean, it's a difficult choice. So, I, I don't see it. One day, you may get a phone call and say, Hey, Ellie, you want to have me back on? I'm transitioning. <laughs> but, you know, um, right now, the foreseeable future, that's not the plan. Okay. Uh, my family doctor does actually deal with trans transgender individuals. Okay. Um, we have talked about it. Um, so, I mean, it, it's... Uh, it's always a possibility. That's kind of rare how like a, a family physician would actually like, you know. And that's, and again, I, uh, my old doctor retired and so I had to go find a new one. When I found a new doctor, um, I, one of the things I disclosed that, you know, it's going with therapy and mental, you know, issues with transgender and, and she was very honest and upfront and said, hey, I've got a couple of clients and if you want to transition, you know, I can definitely uh, supply the hormones and work with you on it. That's amazing. Um, she's pretty progressive. Cool. But I know a lot of people in the medical community aren't. <laughs> yeah, true. So, you know. Hearing that there are family physicians out there that, you know, actually deal with that and actually, you know, treat it. Again, she's younger, you know. Not not my age, not not just out of school. Yeah. But, you know, she's more younger. Okay. Progressive. You know, okay. Deals with things like that. So, I mean, there's a lot of people out there. And I, I think over time, even though right now... Um, the whole lesbian, gay, and especially transgender is being pushed back. The old people are going to die off. That's guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's and no getting around are, that. Who are coming up um, definitely have more insight, and there's more women in Congress now than there ever was. And you know, um, Trump probably will still get elected for another four years. Oh God, don't say that. It scares um, the hell out of me. But uh, that doesn't mean that uh, he's going to be able to do a whole lot of damage. Yeah. Well, I hope not. Um, there was a big pushback this past November, and, and you see it even at the state legislature areas, and even some of the conservative states, you know. Yeah, and uh, with the the military military ban, the um, what is it the uh, the vote that they put forward in the House, there were even some Republicans, conservatives that you know opposed the ban in the House right. of Representatives. Right. So I mean, you so. know. Um, the voters have a say, and you know, it'll be interesting to see what the next election comes in. Again, the electoral college will probably decide it again. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, gains can't be made in the state houses and in the, the local legislatures. In terms of uh, politics and future of our, you know, POTUS and stuff like that, um, what do you, who do you see as, like, the best uh, candidate in terms of 
transgender rights? Who do you see? Or even just LGBT rights? Who do you think has the best um, outlook for that? Um, I don't know. That's, that's a tough question. I haven't looked into it that much. There's so many candidates right out there right now. True. I mean, my personal opinion is it should be Joe Biden. However, he's too old to really take the office. Yeah. So now the question is who, who they can shake out that's a decent candidate. Um, and Biden should have ran the last time around. You know, whatever the deal was that was made, you know, we're paying for that. But, I mean, Biden would have been the perfect candidate mm -hmm. back then. He's now, you know, too old, and he's already talking about he'd only run for one term, which basically means he's a lame duck the day he gets in there. Yeah. So that's that's just not good. Yeah. And, and I think he's probably could put some pride back in being president because I don't think there's a lot there right now. No, I, yeah, I can't imagine that people, anybody's really, well, there's a lot of people feeling it. Like, um... I work at a certain place and I keep seeing a whole bunch of, like, a lot more than I would imagine uh, Make America Great Again stuff coming through and, like, Trump 2020. And I'm like, oh, God, I can't throw this stuff out because I'll get fired. Right. Um, okay. Because uh, I was thinking, what about, uh, I know a lot of uh, 420ers who will, you know, support Bernie. Um, but I don't and, again, know how he is. Same situation. Bernie's He's, way up there. In yeah. Age. And there is a point where you have to take that in consideration. I'm getting up there in age too. Not I'm not their age, and you know. Uh, but I mean, when they get to be at a certain age, eight years is a long time. And, and yeah. again, Bernie's in a tough spot. Bernie is probably too liberal for people. I mean, you know, there's a point where you can't bankrupt the country. Yeah. I mean, Trump's doing it the other way by giving all the rich people more money. Yeah. That's a disaster. But you also can't turn around and take all the money and just give everybody a free life. Okay. Um, the government has to run on taxes and, and it has to be fiscally sound, whether it's at the national level or at the state level or at the local level. Um, and you got to pay for be able to pay for what you want to do. And things cost money. Yeah. Or safety costs money. You know, military costs money. Healthcare programs cost money. Mm -hmm. So I mean, Bernie's got a lot of twenty-somethings following him. Yeah. And we'll see what happens, but I think someone else will probably step in between them, I hope. Okay. Um, the problem that comes in for the Democrats is, well, these candidates in there, is it becomes a bloodbath. Yeah. And each side who eventually steps out, those supporters get ticked off, and if they don't come out and vote for, for, for the Democratic candidate, it makes it much easier for the Republican candidate to gain it. Yeah. Which we don't want, especially. Is it confirmed that Trump is running again for 2020? Trump was running for 2020 the day he got elected. Gotcha. <laughs> I wasn't sure if he like made an announcement. Yeah, he made yet. an announcement, but okay. everything he's done from day one, he's not about to. Yeah, he's you know. not going to give that up really quickly. Oh. Um, bringing it back a little bit to uh, to family and stuff like that. When you were, like, throughout your journey and throughout anything, was there anybody that you confided in about this like anybody at all like no. i know it was a different time no no i mean no i mean um i really thought you know most like nowadays i wonder if my if my and my mom probably had suspicions but again that was back in those days she wasn't about to you know confront you with that and you know she was very happy to look the other way and pretend it wasn't there ignorance um, bliss. and i'm sure if i asked for help um, back then, the help may have been go see a psychiatrist who may have very well locked you up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I always wonder, you know, had things been a little different, what she would have done and whether or not she would have been able to help. Okay. But no, I didn't confide in anybody. Okay, just uh, kind of like your, your wives. Deal, yeah, I, I mean, so basically I had to deal with all self myself. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't, there was nobody I really could confide in. I made a few friends here and there, but 
I would never have felt comfortable telling them, especially, like I said, they would just look at me like I was some weirdo, and, you know. And you, did you know or hear of anybody, like, closer to you locally other than, like, in the, in the newspapers, like? No, not really. No? No, I didn't. But again, I didn't have a lot of friends, so I didn't get involved in the gossip, and I don't get involved in the gossip today. Okay. You, know, you know, a lot of people just like to gossip about everybody, but, you know, being someone who, who quote-unquote, has a secret, I, I kind of respect that everybody else is writing, so you, I just don't talk about people. I never did, and I, I'm not about to do it these days. Yeah, I gotcha. No problem. Um, okay, so... Now, there, there was a, I will mention this, there was a mayor of Texas, who, um, small-town Texas, who came out and is transgendered. Okay. And, got, and served for one term and then did not get reelected this last year. And oh. She's become, Jess Herbert, she's become a, quite an advocate. Um, she's married, her wife stayed with her, which is which is rare. I mean, even even though um, you hear of a lot of issues where people try to work it out. Yeah. Um, once someone starts to really start to transition, it, it becomes quite difficult. Yeah. One or both ultimately come to the decision that this isn't going to work. Yeah. Uh, even no matter how much they love each other. So there's very few um, transgender couples. Yeah. And if they are together, more than likely, I would think, one's more dependent on the other one for a source of income or things of that nature. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, in the last podcast, I, I, I read a letter or an email that I got because I actually got a, a fan email from a woman whose now wife has come out to her. And uh, she started a blog and everything like that. And luckily, she's bisexual, so like that kind of works. Yeah, but that's that's but that's, that's the rarity. Yeah, that's the rarity. That's where you get lucky and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, most you know most women want a man, mm-hmm. and most men want a woman. So yeah, when your spouse comes out and says I'm the opposite, you know, even as much as you try to understand and make it work, it can um, be difficult. It can be extremely difficult. Yeah, as you as you throughout your life even though it's been not that long yeah yeah <laughs> you're young yeah um, you know you, you you recognize it you know anybody who thinks people who transition you know it's just day for kicks again they, they just don't understand i mean it's an extremely difficult process uh, everybody i've ever met has, has gone through a lot of emotional <laughs> during the transition and even afterwards yeah um you know you ultimately now, once you've completed your transition, what do you do from there? Because again, most people who aren't looking for some type of tranny finish yeah. are, you know, not interested in dating someone who's trans. Yeah, um, I've had a, a few problems with uh, with people on, you know, online dating and stuff like that. Just kind of ghost me once they find out, and once I bring it up and stuff like that. So it's, um, so what do you think for you is kind of the hardest? part of all this like the hardest part of being trans uh, basically I have two people in some respects you know yeah I mean you know, I, I, I really am Kathy but I have to be my male self most of the time yeah um, so to me that's the hard part okay you know? uh, like I love to get my ears pierced yeah but that just wouldn't go over real well yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's you know something that every female does and, and um, I would kill for it yeah so you know there are things, but you know, you just I just get every day up every day and try to push forward. Okay. Um, do you feel um have you ever felt like uh like othered? Have you ever been in like a a situation where women are talking about, you know, some kind of discrimination and like you feel like you're so like apart from that, even though you feel like you kind of want to be a part of it? 
Yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, again, that's where this whole issue of my not being very social comes from. Because mm-hmm. if we go, go out to party or something, I'd much rather be in the kitchen with the women mm-hmm. talking about whatever as opposed to being stuck with the guys talking about baseball or football, football or and stuff yeah. like that. And Not that I don't watch some sports and stuff, but I just, yeah. you know, would much rather be with the women. And do you find that you do that? Like, do you actually follow through with that? Or do, is that no. just how you feel? You no, know? I just usually wind up, you know, sitting there and, and, you know, not having a very good time. Gotcha. I mean, definitely um, being trans, at least for me, has definitely affected my overall social skills. Okay. That's and as Kathy, I, I'm more willing to, to come out. You know, I've, I've gone out a couple of times, uh, places with people from group and things, you know, mm-hmm. as Kathy. Yeah. More so. And you feel it's it's just the whole but night and day. Perfectly natural and, and I'm definitely willing to reach out and, and speak to people and things of that nature. You know, I couldn't do this as the male self, a podcast, but it's Kathy. Yeah. This is like no big deal. Yeah. Um, if you could use one word to describe uh, how it feels to, at this point, kind of resign yourself to not transitioning, what one word would that be? I, I, I guess the word is hopeful because I still kind of have hope that maybe someday. Okay. Maybe that's what keeps me going. Okay. Not that I think it'll probably happen. The years keep ticking by. But uh, you never know. Yeah. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Yeah. Um, have there been many major? Uh, you don't. You, you said you didn't. Re- you don't really go out too much as yourself. You, right. You go out. Um, what are some of the few times that you have? Like, was it just to go shopping or? Uh, no, it's usually been lately. It's been you know to out with the group. Um, went to a party one time, um, but I really don't go out on the street. You know, I would go somewhere, get dressed, and go out. But I, I go out very frequently. Okay. Um, in these days, do you see any, like, uh, any really positive, like, what are, like, the biggest positive changes that you see in terms of, like, the, the talk about transgender people uh, or, like, the representation that you see? Like, or do you pay a lot of attention to that? Um, I think there's a lot, a lot, has, a lot of positive things have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, and, uh, you know, I was in um, an auto store a couple of weeks ago buying a set of wipers. Mm-hmm. And the one woman was checking me out, and she said to her coworker, "My girlfriend, my 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 wife's coming over in a little while to bring me lunch." Mm-hmm. And you know, that to me was like, "Wow!" Yeah. You know, a couple of years ago, you would never have said that, and if somebody heard that, you know, they'd be right in the store. Yeah. And you know, she felt very comfortable talking about that. So I think you know, a lot of positive things have, have come out. Okay. Um, I think the big mistake the Obama administration meant, and I'm sure this is going to upset a lot of people who are trans, is when they tried to force trans in schools as far as who could use what locker rooms. Okay. And um, though I get it and I understand it, the vast majority of Americans who have children don't want some boy going in the girls' locker room, some girl going in the boys' locker room. Yeah. And it's a big difference if you're transitioned and, and you, you present female, but at that age, there's not too many people to do. And I think that's what kind of pushed a lot of people in the country over the edge for a while. Okay. I think they got too aggressive too too quick. And the bathrooms thing is... The a, bathroom thing. Even thing. the bathroom thing wasn't as bad. 
Yeah, because there really hasn't been any like right. instances of any. But, but the some fourteen-year-old boy is going to get dressed with my fourteen-year-old daughter in a girl's locker room. Yeah, just wasn't going to go over. Yeah, the bathroom thing. I think ultimately, people I would have to figure out you are transgender. Not that it doesn't happen, but I mean, for the most part, you go and close close the stall door and. You know, trans people aren't under there taking pictures and, and they just want to do their business and get out. Exactly. And I always find it funny because if you occasionally, some of the concerts I've gone to even recently or, or shows, if it's mostly women, they think nothing of raiding the men's, men's room <laughs> and coming in in mass because the line for the women's room is 45 men's out the door. Yeah, it's true. You know, and at that point, it, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of you see kind of a double standard with yeah. that kind of thing. But I mean, the country had just accepted or was forced to accept uh, gay marriage, which was a huge step. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a huge step in the right direction for the country. And then I think they, you know, when you push too far, the pendulum swings, then it's going to swing back, and eventually it'll settle. Um, but then they went right after. Well, okay, now we're just going to. Um, let boys dress for girls and it just didn't go over very well. Even though there are co-ed, co-ed dorm rooms nowadays, there are co-ed, you know, most colleges are co-ed as far as the, the, the rooming situation, you know. Mm-hmm. Two girls are in one room across the halls, two guys, you know. Yeah. Um, Do you think that um, in terms of the, the locker room situation, just kind of devil's advocate, that they, they could have done it but done it differently? Like, because you're saying... Say there is a fourteen-year-old, you know, uh, I, I, making the schools account, look. I, making the schools accommodate it in such a way as that they needed a separate locker room, to me, would have been the best alternative. And I get it. That means the trans person had had to be separated, um, in a sense. And sometimes outed. And outed. And well, out. if you're in the in yeah. the opposite sex locker room, the odds are you're going to get outed anyway, unless you, especially as a. 14-year-olds probably not had surgery. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, you know, so I mean, um, so they should have a an all, I guess, an all-purpose uh, locker room. Anybody can change in there, and you can make your decision accordingly. Um, you know, maybe that's not the greatest thing some of the trans people want to hear, and I understand it. Mm-hmm. But you also have to understand that the vast majority, at least 90% of the people in this world are not trans. So, you know, you have to understand Take your wins where you can and, and understand that small victories sometimes add up to big victories. Mm-hmm. Um, big battles sometimes wind up, up in huge losses, which is, you know, kind of what happened here. Trump yeah. got in and now he's trying to, especially initially, was trying to reverse a lot of things. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, so you don't think that if, like, um, if a 14-year-old trans girl was seeing a therapist and stuff like that and actually had, like, whatever letters needed... Uh, obviously is trans, not just a peeping Tom boy or something like that. that but physically probably looks closer to a male than a female. Possibly. You know, if you put yourself in the position of parents who have 14-year-old daughters, they still don't understand that piece of it. And if you got to show letters to, to people to get in the room, then you've out yourself anyway. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know that I have a solution. Yeah. But... I can tell you that was probably the one that really pushed things over the edge. Okay, for, for more for, the right for, wing and well, even the right just wing. anybody. Probably the average American who, who uh, you know, is willing to let people live their lives is fine until it interferes with how they live their life. 
Um, and when they're sending their kid to school, when they now have to worry about them getting mass murder because of all the guns out there and the drugs and everything else, and now they feel that their children isn't even safe using the, the appropriate locker room, you know, it becomes a big issue. Gotcha. Um, looks like we're almost out of time. There was one thing I did want to talk about since we talked about schools uh, and, you know, trans people in terms of that. I was just wondering to get your opinion on, uh, you know, trans people in, in sports, in sporting events and stuff like that too because there seems to be a lot of, uh, I've seen a lot of articles lately where uh, you have, you know, it's the main headline is that the trans person won the race or the trans person won the medal or whatever it is and stuff like that. And I was just wondering, just to get your, your viewpoint on how you feel about trans, trans, like a trans woman participating in women's sports. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, again, you know, um, a lot of people find it difficult that they could compete at that level. If for some reason, I mean, it has to be fair. So if, if somebody is a six foot, 300 pound trans person who has a large muscle mass and, and has only been on hormones a short time, probably is an unfair advantage. Yeah, you do have, to, you know, against a 120 pound in shape woman. I mean, just know what sense of what's about. But if they're equally matched, then sure, you know, uh, I don't really have a problem with it. Okay. But, you know, like everything else, especially with sports and stuff, you know, a lot of people are doing things just to get an advantage. Yeah. And that is not a reason to permit it, you know. There's plenty of athletes just to, will do whatever it takes to get to win that gold medal. And right. it's been proven time and time again, taking all kinds of illegal sub supplements and, and things of that nature, you know. Yeah. Blood doping, all that, you know. Yeah. Um, so you don't want that to be the issue. Yeah. You, want, you know, if it's somebody who's a legitimately trans person, and, and you know, then sure. Okay. Cool. Um, all right. Is there anything like any like uh, legislature or anything like that that you're aware of? I know you said you're political, so I kind of want to keep it, you know, ask about that. If there's anything legislature that you want uh, in terms of trans people, somebody to be aware of and kind of like. No, you know, I, that's probably where I'm deficient. I mean, I, I worry about my town, but I, yeah. I don't worry so much about state politics. Gotcha. Much, so I don't really have the time to follow the issues. But I will say this. If people want to make change, then they have to get involved. Trip. There's no sense of buts about it. And first, it starts with registering to vote, which mm -hmm. some people find to be annoying, and I don't have the time. But you know, if enough people register to vote, and I always say this, you know, the president, the past presidential election, and every ele election prior to that, the vote was typically it's considered a landslide when it's 51 percent versus 49 percent. But it's only 50 percent of the registered voters to make up that 51 49 percent. And if the other 50% of the people who, who could vote and, and register and come out and vote would vote, they could elect anybody in office. They could put a monkey in office. Yeah. Um, because they, that person would 50% of the total vote. And so, I mean, you know, people need to get involved. They need to get off the couch. They need to, you know, step up. They need to quit just putting their feelings out there on Facebook. And they need to get actively involved in, in their communities and their government. Um, because that's what this country is built on. And that's one of the reasons I am involved. I don't, I don't gain anything by being what I am in politics. I mean, I, I make no salary. It, it's it's a lot of work and a lot of headaches at times. But I do it because at the end of the day, it's somebody needs to do it and, and people need to step, step up and do the right thing. And I've kind of led my life that way. Um, and I've instilled that on my children and my wife as well. And, and they're both, act, my kids are both actively involved in various things. Um, but that's what life's about. And you have to step up and you have to get involved. And, and so anyone who's listening to this or anyone who will, you need to step up and get involved. 
And it's as easy as like when you're going to renew your license or something like that. They ask you, at least in New Jersey, they ask you if you would like to register to right. vote. And it's literally that easy. Yeah. And then you need, to, you need to understand who the candidates are and you need to get involved. And you need to get out and vote. And then if you really want to get involved, then you get involved in the political process. You, you know, start to pay attention to legislation. You start to get involved with the candidates. And, just, and, and maybe someday you're a candidate. And we need good people to step up, no matter no matter whether you're bi, straight, lesbian, gay, transgender. We need good, decent, honest, hardworking people to step up. The bums will always step up. The crooks will always step up. But we need the decent people to step up, and, and that can make a huge difference in, in how things are done. Okay. And one last thing, I just want to ask um, for somebody who might be in a similar position as you um, in terms of transitioning or just living your life. Uh, what advice would you give? that person uh, first thing is it's very difficult to do this on your own so I would definitely reach out and get a competent therapist uh, we know one <laughs> Carla but uh, you know someone who's who is going to deal with those issues isn't just going to you know there's a lot of different therapists out there you know some deal with other things certain deal this topic some deal with that topic uh, you need to find someone who does actually deal with transgender issues and understands them and is going to, you know, be willing to uh, help and make suggestions um, for ways to you uh, get involved and, and, and help yourself because it's much easier to, to uh, move forward if you, you know, can think things through. And I think uh, I'm definitely not as depressed as I used to be. And, you know, um, I definitely have made some changes uh, over the last couple of years um, that have been good for myself and probably my family and, and just in general. And uh, it could have been done if I hadn't reached out and, and started seeing seeing someone. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, it's been um, my pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, thank everybody for, you know, thank Kathy for joining us. And I want to thank everybody for listening at the same time. Um, shout out to Wooshka for hosting this podcast. The intro and outro music were done on GarageBand for the iOS. Any questions for me or any guests like Kathy, please email me at journeyspodcast at yahoo.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes, follow it on Spotify, and like and follow the Facebook page, Journeys Podcast. Please share the show, because you never know who could be struggling with their gender, and hearing others' experiences could help them on their journey. Thanks again, everyone. Bye! Bye!